0: 19 Upland Game Bird Stamp Request Wildlife Staff Specialist Shauna Spinoza and Habitat Division Administrator Alan Janay for possible action. The Commission will review and may take action to approve up to $341,081 for projects submitted for FY 2022 funding from the Upland Game Bird Stamp Account. The specific upland game bird stamp projects that may be approved are listed below. The Bi-State Sage-Grouse Coordinator, $5,000. Bi-State Sage-Grouse Monitoring with the Mount, Grant, and Desert Creek Population Management Unit, $22,500. Desert Creek Weed Treatment, $2,500. Estimating Greater Sage-Grouse Vital Rates, $22,500. Greater sage-grouse monitoring, $44,440. Key Pitman Wildlife Management Area Wildlife Food Plots, $3,900. Monitoring greater sage-grouse response to the Martin Fire, $22,500. Monitoring the effects of landscape level treatments on greater sage-grouse in the Desatoya Mountains of Central Nevada, $22,500. Montana Humble SGI spring protection, $15,000. Native seed acquisition for private landowner transition to native seed seed production, $14,000. Nine mile unit riparian monitoring, $19,400. Upland gain translocation and monitoring, $19,400. Virginia mountains green strip 2021, $22,500. Mormon mountains post fire restoration, $20,000. Assess- assessing impacts to sage grouse from anthropogenic noise in Nevada, $50,000. Nelson Creek habitat improvement, $18,750. Whew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Janay. Thank you. Uh, for the record, Alan Janay, Habitat Division Administrator, and I have Sean Espinoza here as well. Um, we will assist you in going through these. Um, One thing I wanted to update in the support material is if you'll look at this table here, there were actually two projects that were left out of that support material that was in the uh, up in Gainbird stamp report. And so Desert Creek weed treatment for $2,500, sorry, Desert Creek conservation easement for $10,417 is in here and the eastern complex weed control for 10,000 uh was also uh, an omission so they are on this table um, and they are in the upland game bird report just to give you an overview let me make sure i'm going the right thing here okay. overview of budget um, if you look at the starting balance of 2021 uh, we started with 167000 plus the revenue of $326,345. Um, we take out some of the, the actual expenditures minus the administrative, it leaves us a starting balance of $559,482. And if we think about um, the estimated revenue that we were using from 2020 minus the administrative cost and minus the uh, expenditures of all of these projects, that would leave us in an estimated balance of 512-112. And there are obligations from previous years of $366,860.87. That would mean that we would start uh, FY23 with a 145-251 balance. that's where we'll start. Um, it sounds like it would be beneficial to go through the projects and give a, a very quick synopsis. So uh, Sean has agreed to help me because you'll see um, because of uh, all the reasons that he gave you in the previous PowerPoint, which I think he did an extraordinary job with, um, he's on many of these project applications. So. <laughs> um, we'll be we'll be working through this together. Um, those that are more scientifically oriented and, and uh, are, are in his wheelhouse house, I'll pass along to him. So I'll let him get started and I'll fill in as necessary if you want.
2: Uh, thanks, Ellen. Uh, Sean Espinoza for the record, Wildlife Staff Specialist. of uh, Chair, East. Um, Would you like me to go through each specific project and um, provide a background on each one, or?
0: Mr. Espinoza, if you could just give us a brief synopsis like Mr. Janae did on the last round. We didn't get this material until early this last week, and I, for one, didn't have time to go through all of it, so I want to make the most knowledgeable decision that I can, Um, so I think if you can just run through this, that would be fantastic. Okay. Just real quick.
3: All right. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks. Okay.
2: So, uh, the Bi-State Sage-Grouse Coordinator, that um, is a position that's currently occupied by uh, Amy Sturgill. Uh, she's been in that position for three years now, and she's been really integral with the development of the Bi-State Action Plan Progress Report, and annual report that kind of summarizes all of the conservation actions Uh, within the bi-state that are done annually, both on the California and the Nevada side. Uh, She's also been responsible for uh, holding all the local working group meetings and then also coordinating with um, the technical team uh, to discuss research projects and also uh, on the ground projects. So that's been a cost share position. Um, It's it's, I think mislabeled in the, well we corrected it in the agenda to 5,000. Okay. Um, okay, so moving, moving along, unless there's questions about that one. Okay, uh, the, the bi-state sage-grouse monitoring within Mount Grant and Desert Creek. Uh, part of our long-term commitment in the bi-state action plan is to pro- provide a, a monitoring component of sage-grouse on the Nevada side uh, on a rotating basis. So we're three years of monitoring on and we're three years of monitoring off. So we're back on a three-year cycle once again we contract with the USGS to do that monitoring on the Nevada side, and and that's been integral to um, uh, understanding where we're at with the bi-state population, and um, there was some signs of stability there, which actually helped our argument with um, uh, the endangered species listing action. Okay, so the Desert Creek Conservation Easement, this is actually, uh, the last installment for a state match for this project. Um, it's being matched by um, some, and I'm going to get this wrong. It's an NRCS REPI program. I can't remember the acronym. Too many acronyms, but anyway, they're contributing like 2. Point some 2.2 million dollars. Our our state match obligation has been something like. 150 to 200,000 I think so pretty minimal amount compared to the the total amount of the easement uh, Desert Creek weed treatment. I'll just comment on that one uh, just because it's a project um, close to close to my thought process anyway is this is a, a Weed treatment just south of the Desert Creek Lek uh, It was an old uh, sheep bedding ground that turned into a big patch of cheatgrass. grass It was about 20 acres in size and so some of it was actually treated uh, with the Mazapic. Uh, now, um, we're gonna expand some of the treatment area to get some of the, the remaining cheatgrass out and then reseed. Uh, estimating greater sage-grouse vital rates. Um, this is really for central Nevada, the, the Monitor Mountain population, Monitor Valley. Um, we actually had the Santa Rosas bundled in with this because there were two control sites or what we considered control sites because quality habitat, expansive habitat, no anthropogenic disturbance. Uh, Two portions of the state, however, the Santa Rosa site burned over, so that's sort of changed into a treatment area now. Uh, Let's see, greater sage grouse monitoring, really that one covers a lot of our aerial um, infrared services that we conduct uh, annually, so that's been Really instrumental at at seeking out new leks at high elevations that you know suitable habitat, uh, but we don't necessarily know you know if there's a, a, a lek because we can't access those places other than a helicopter. We certainly can't get there in vehicle uh, most springs anyway. So that that particular project really helps out with um, aerial infrared survey, which is which is kind of expensive but effective. Um, uh Key Pittman Wildlife Management Area Food Plots. I don't know what uh, I don't have any bearing on that one unless Alan wants to comment on that one.
1: Pretty self-explanatory, again it's you know trying to plant preferred.
2: Okay, monitoring greater sage-grouse response to the Martin fire, pretty self-explanatory, but we have a couple projects that are ongoing there. One's actually a heritage project working with UC Davis. UC Davis is actually looking at um, how sage-grouse are using some of that burned area and the, uh, the remaining uh, unburned uh, uh, sagebrush habitat that's out there, and then also if some of those hens are using some of the restored sagebrush out there, Um, and trying to determine um, if there's a certain variant of sagebrush that we should be using in our restoration, which one is most effective in terms of a forage plant for sage-grouse. But this is really a more broad uh, effort to uh, monitor how sage-grouse are responding to the Martin fire uh, over a a pretty long time frame, uh, five to ten years. Uh, monitoring the effects of landscape-level treatments on greater sage grass in the Desertoya Mountains of Central Nevada. That pro- this will be the last year of that particular project, um, at least from our monitoring standpoint. Commitment. This is actually uh, one of the outcome-based grazing pro- projects as well. Um, so there's been some uh, modifications done to how uh, livestock are used on the landscape, and there's been a lot of um, conifer treatment done in this area, so we're monitoring the effects of that as well as a horse removal that uh, is ongoing there in the Desatoyas. The Montana Humboldt SGI spring protection project, I don't have very good reference
1: there. Yeah, this is just a a project to work on that Montana mountains. Uh, Many folks are familiar with that range just north of here trying to identify some strength protections for benefit of sage-grouse similar to what uh, Sean showed as far as the Fourth of July Meadows um, doing work like that, so meta-protection for sage-grouse. Yeah, native seed acquisition, this is a proposal to try to promote uh, the production of uh, native seed in in this state. Um, One of the problems we have is, is that Native seed is very limited. It would be very beneficial for us in restoration because those are seeds that are already you know, uh, adapted to that site. But one of the toughest things we have is, is there isn't commercial production of it. And so what we're trying to do is find uh, farmers that could actually raise uh, plants and do the experiments to actually see if we can get some cultivars of native seed that we could actually be beneficial to Nevada uh, wildfire restoration so that's what that project's about okay. okay nine mile
2: unit riparian monitoring there's actually a couple portions of this project uh, but the nine mile unit is in By state and that area is now part of the Walker River recreation area uh, very important broodering habitat for bi-state sage-grouse so there's a a monitoring component along rough creek but there's also some fencing involved with that uh, to try and get um, some uplift there along the channel of rough creek uh, and improve that that habitat Um, there'll be some restoration work uh, going on there uh, in association with uh, with state parks and uh, the permittee that actually uses uh, the fields there at the nine mile unit uh, upland game translocation and monitoring. Uh, a lot of this centers around um, helping us monitor um, translocated uh, rough grouse and also uh, turkeys. Uh, at least those are what we have in the biennial upland game, small game release plan. So this will help uh, support that effort and get some of those, um, those species augmented and translocated into, into certain areas. Uh, Virginia mountains green strip.
1: Um, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, so that uh, Virginia Mountain Green Strip is a, a project that's tying off of kind of the Long Valley Fire and um, the uh, west side of the Virginia Mountains, uh, Green Strip and Palewell, uh, Winnemucca Ranch Road through Newcomb Valley, um, and offer some protection to those important sage habitats back up on Virginia Mountains. So it's just an effort to try to create a fuel break in there so that we don't see some of the sins of the past repeated. Yeah, Mormon Mountains post fire, so this was uh, relative to the fires down there in the Mormon Mountains. um, What we do, Anthony Miller down there, our southern region biologist, will actually go out um, and do some plantings of native plants, shrubs around those those gesslers that we have down there that are uh, upland game centric and um, try to give some cover around those those guzzlers so that uh, you know the quail um, and other wildlife have some cover species adjacent to those those water developments for security purposes Um, assessing noise or assessing impacts to sage grout from anthropogenic noise in nevada Um, matt maples from our headquarters and habitat along with sean espinoza are working on this project Um, to actually uh, place meters across the state, sound meters across the state to try to gather information um, and better understand the influence of noise and understanding ambient noise across the state of Nevada and then trying to make some assessments as far as implications to sage-grouse and vital rates across the state. The uh, Nelson Creek habitat improvement. That's a project in the uh, South Tuscarora Range. It's part of an old fire. Um, When we did the restoration in there, it was one of the bigger fire years. We didn't have the shrub species, so we're trying to go back in there and try to get more shrub species uh, back into that old burn to try to improve the conditions for sage-grouse. One we did miss um, as we were going through the list um, is this Eastern Complex weed control, um, $10,000 as I discussed in the duck stamp proposal. This is an aggregation of funds that we use to try to, you know, um, work with the Cooperative Weed Management District out there to spray weeds across all of our properties. So that is a quick summary of all of our projects, um, totaling $341,081. If anyone has any questions, we can stand for
0: those. Thank you for that run through. I appreciate it. Does anyone have questions for either Mr. Espinoza or Mr. Cheney? Yes, Commissioner Keel.
4: Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. So, Alan, looking at the seed, uh, the native seed growing project, we've got some of the support material. Do we actually? have more money or funds coming from somewhere else. I see just for the seed, 4400 12000 And then some seed cleaning at five. That appears to be more than the 14000 requested. OK. Give me one second. Page 81. 81, Thank you. Amount requested
1: the the page So you were looking at pound. And again, um, so when you look at this project cost, um, these are some examples um, of costs, because I'm very quickly assessing this. Um, those are examples of cost. The tables, the budget tables, um, are, the, are the piece that should get you there. So on page 83 and then on page 80, 80 has got the overview of 14,000. And then on the detailed table behind, on page 83, you've got 8,400 in seed, and then 5,000 in seed cleaning, 600 in seed testing, and that should be that. Fourteen thousand. Okay, that's great. No, I think mean, it's a great project. So, it'll be interesting to see the success. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for the help. <laughs> 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 we want to keep it honest up here.
0: Okay. Anybody else, Commissioner Cavillia.
4: I don't, I guess one more, just a clerical one. Uh, I know we on the on our commission uh, sheet here we're missing the two projects. And the to- that total on that sheet is 341, and that matches the
1: table in the back. I, I just like wanted to double check that that, is, that 341 is the correct. Okay. That is the correct number. We did we did go through um, and make sure that all projects were represented. I made those two corrections, and but the total is the correct total.
0: Okay. anybody else? All right. Any cap comment? Do we have any cabs that would like to comment? Any public comment? Okay, I'll bring it back to the commission for a motion. And I will move to approve the Upland Games bird stamp request in the amount of $341,081 for projects FY 2022. Do I have a second? Okay. I have a motion by the chairwoman and a second by Commissioner Hubbs. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0 with Commissioner McNinch absent. All right, we're going to move into our uh, regulations. Agenda item 20 Commission regulations for possible action or adoption. Public comment allowed. 20A Commission regulation 2012, amendment number one, 2021 2022 upland game and fur bear seasons and bag limits. Wildlife staff Specialist, Sean Spinoza and Russell Russell Hume for possible action. The commission will establish and may vote to amend regulations for upland game birds and mammals, as well as fur bears for the 2021-22 season. This regulation may also include modifications to the fall wild turkey seasons for 2021 and spring wild turkey seasons for 2022. Mr. Espinoza.
3: Hello
2: again. Uh, Sean Espinosa, Staff Specialist with the Department of Wildlife for the record. Uh, thank you, Chairwoman East. Um, I think we'll probably start with sage-grouse, maybe decide on that separately, and then we'll, we'll move on to turkey. I think that would probably be the easiest way to, okay. to parse this out. Sure. Um, and I'll basically just read from our uh, our memorandum that we submitted as, as support material. I think that probably explains the changes uh, to sage-grouse seasons and open and closed units uh, aside from the, the map that you saw in the presentation. But what we're recommending for this, this next hunting season, 2021 going into 2022, uh, We're actually recommending reopening Hunt Unit 051 in Humboldt County uh, for just a two-day season. Reducing the season length for Hunt Units 154 and 155 of Lander County to a two-day season. Reducing season lengths for Hunt Units 143, 154, 155 of Eureka County to a two-day season. Reducing season length for hunt units 011 through 015 of Washoe County to a two-day season. Closing hunt unit 144 in Eureka County. Closing hunt unit 076 in Elko County. Reducing the season length in the following hunt units from a 16-day season to a 9-day season extending from September 25th through October 3rd, 2021 which would be Hunt Units or those portions of Hunt Units 062, 064, 065, 067, 071 through 075, 077, 101 through 103, and 109 in Elko County. Hunt Units or those portions of Hunt Units 162 and 163 in Eureka County. Hunt units are those portions of Hunt Units 161, 162, 172, and 173 in Lander County. Hunt units are those portions of Hunt Units 161 through 163, 172, and 173 in Nye County. Closing Hunt Units 104 and 121 in Elko and White Pine County. Closing Hunt Units 108, 111 through 113, and 131 in White Pine County and reducing the number of reservations available for the Sheldon Special Sage-Grouse Hunt from 45 to down to 35 for both two-day seasons that are available for application. And uh, I'd like to read our uh, hunt strategies that we have in place, our hunt guidelines for sage-grouse. Um, I read these off last year at the commission meeting, but I always think it's good to remind folks of. Uh, what we use in terms of our criteria to determine whether or not we should have an open season and how long that season should be. So we, we ascribe to the Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, but we also have added to that. So I'm just going to read off those bullet points. These are from the, the WAFWA guidelines. If populations occur over relatively large geographic areas and are stable to increasing, Seasons and bag limits can be relatively liberal. Two to four day daily bag limit and a two to five week season for hunting seasons allowing firearms. If populations are declining for three or more consecutive years or trends are unknown, seasons and bag limits should generally be conservative. One or two bird daily bag limit and a one to four week season for hunting season allowing firearms. Where populations are hunted, Harvest rate should be 10% or less of the estimated fall population to minimize negative effects of the subsequent year's breeding population, and population should not be hunted where less than 300 birds comprise the breeding population, i.e. less than 100 males are counted on lex. I'm going to add to that and, and uh, read off our Nevada hunting season strategies that go above and beyond those guidelines as well. Recommendations for sage-grouse hunting season should keep the suggestions above in mind. However, it is necessary to consider further recommendations, especially for population management units with smaller populations of birds, and as habitats become more threatened. We use a three-year monitoring moving average of males, male attendance at Lex, to determine whether or not the 100 male threshold is being met for the population management unit. If the three year moving average is less than 100 males, we close the sage grouse hunting season. If the three year moving average is between 100 and 150 males, we consider a two day season with a two bird daily bag limit and four bird possession limit. If the three year moving average is between 150 and 300 males, we recommend a nine day season with a two bird daily bag limit and four bird possession limit. If the three year moving average is Greater than 300 males, we recommend a 16-day season with a two-bird daily bag limit and four-bird possession limit. Other recommendations for potential season closures when approaching the 100-male minimum, populations within the PMU are trending downward sharply, lambda values less than 0.90 for two consecutive years, and consider the previous year's recruitment rate from the wing data to help inform the decision. If recruitment is greater than 1.58, then perhaps maintaining a a two-day season is appropriate. 1.58 is uh, sort of a threshold. If we can maintain 1.58 chicks per hen, that actually grows a population. Um, If recruitment is less than 1.58, then closure is likely prudent. At least 10 active leks should be present within the population management unit to maintain an open season. And then we have some habitat... uh, Uh, quantity considerations, some thresholds that we consider. Uh, If the landscape within a PMU has greater than 65% land cover of sagebrush, then habitat is highly suitable to meet sage-grouse habitat needs, and no reduction is needed in season length. If the landscape within a PMU has between 25 and 65% landscape cover of sagebrush, then habitat is moderately suitable to meet sage-grouse habitat needs, and season lengths may be adjusted to be more conservative. If the landscape within a PMU has less than 25% landscape cover of sagebrush, then habitat has low suitability to meet the needs of sage-grouse, and seasons should be closed to prevent additive mortality. So these are the things that we consider for each one of the population management units and what we base our recommendations off of.
0: Okay, thank you for that clarification. Questions for
5: Mr. Espinoza?
0: Yes, (laughs) Commissioner Hubs.
5: The only question I have is the reopening and um, the explanation behind reopening that area in light uh, of everything we, we've just recently.
2: Yeah, so thank you for the question, Commissioner Hubs. So um, we've gotten some fairly positive response um, post-Martin Fire. Uh, some of the restoration work has, has done fairly well, and some of the natural recovery is, is beginning to take place. Uh, but one of the things that we saw, um, male attendance actually increased this year uh, within that population management unit and exceeds those thresholds that I just described. Uh, so we thought that a two-day season was was warranted based on our guidelines for that particular population. So, you know, the southern end of that population management unit affected by the Martin Fire, the northern end has uh, remained intact um, and those birds are are performing fairly well once again. The Santa Rosa's and the Montana Mountains, uh, along with maybe one other portion of the state, are the only areas that actually receive pretty good precipitation this year. So conditions look fairly good up there.
0: Okay, thank you. Vice Chair Barnes?
4: Thank you, Madam Chair. Sean, after you read those, I kind of understood whether you went with your seasons because was but the one question I had was that in some of those um, in northern Elkwood County, some of those you, know, you went from the 16. 16 day season to a nine day season. And I wonder if you can be a little more conservative. I mean, you can go a little bit more and back that off to like a two day, like you did on some of that others. I mean, obviously, you, you feel comfortable with a, with a nine day, but would it hurt to be a little more conservative to go to a two day?
2: So, thanks for the question, Commissioner Barnes. Um, actually, in Area 7 this year, we saw numbers of males at, attending Lex closely in line with what we saw in 2019, if not a little bit higher, so Area 7 actually saw a little bit of a bump, an increase in, in male attendance, one of the only places other than those I mentioned that actually saw an increase.
4: So you are being pretty conservative in, in that area, even with an increase, you still reduced it. Yeah. So, yep. so you, you feel more than comfortable with a with nine-day season? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat>
0: Any other questions? Mr. Preeny? Yes. No, nope,
3: not yet. There you go. Is it now? Yes. Yep. you were good.
0: <laughs> you were good. You need to. I to ask you
3: question. Hang on a second. Um, yeah. Touch you it get one more time. Mic right? Oh, this one works. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Try that. There you go. <laughs> um, if I could ask Tom a question, if I could. Um, what, what do you think about that? As far as going down from 16 days to 19 or nine, so you have 16 originally that it was fine for having the sage grouse, but then we were going to cut down, or at least of the department was, going to nine. Do you think it should be less than that? I think you mentioned that.
4: Well, yeah, that was kind of my question. That's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to ask Sean. You know, if, it, if we needed to maybe a little more ultra conservative, but, uh, but given you know, the answer that he's, he said that they actually saw. A few more birds attend those leks that, uh, that may, maybe we're all all right. Um, I, I, can, I can go along and support the department, um, but I would support him with a two-day season, too, and like I say, just to be a little extra. After I, after I saw his presentation today, um, but, I, but I understand the guidelines they're using and, uh, and kind of where they're going, so. Um, I, I, I can live with it, I
3: guess. Okay, Tom, I just wanted to mention one thing. I was kind of feeling really well. Sean has done really well as far as what we've cut the two-day times for the, uh, for the hunting. And I think I was really glad that it didn't go for a long period of time, for a week or whatever it is. And I think that we're doing very well with that. I would hate to see us go much, <laughs> allowing hunting to go after the sage-grouse. For a whole week, and then we go down to two days, we're going to be much better, and et cetera, and even close to some of the other 100 um, units. And I think that was a good idea, also. I was also concerned, going back to you, Tom, when you were saying that that you were going to go down lower. I'd like to see it down lower myself, too. But I think the nine days of that event for those people, that'd be fine. So, so that, I just that, think that
4: was, that was kind of where I was, you know. I mean, yeah, was, everything else went down to two days, and so that I just wanted to ask that, just wanted to ask that question. that. You know, maybe, maybe we should, you know, be uh, a little more conservative kind of given what, given what we're seeing. But uh, I do know, you know, they get, they get the wing data, and I do know that's, impor- that's important to them. Yeah.
2: Well, one thing I forgot to mention as well is, is harvest rates. And one of the things we're seeing is that uh, folks aren't traveling to Elko, at least from the Reno area or the Vegas area, to, to hunt sage-grouse. Uh, we're, we're finding very few wings in some of those El- Elko barrels compared to what we see, like in the Montana mountains or portions of northern Washoe. So harvest rates are pretty small in, in Elko County relative to some of the uh, other areas of the state.
4: If you're okay with it, then I guess I guess I'll be okay with it. I'll hold you, and I'm going to hold you to this. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions for Mr.
5: Espinoza, Commissioner Hobbs? No, it's just I would be open to obviously lowering any hunting days. Just wanted to say that in overall. I'm usually OK with that. So I would support a lower day
6: <laughs> for this stage
5: growth site. I don't know if that's going to help overall, but it just seems like we should do what we can. Thank you. OK, other comments?
0: Seeing none, I'll take it out for cab comment. Any cap comments on the sage-grouse portion of this CR? I don't see anyone jumping. Any public comment?
6: Mr. Voltz? Good morning, for the record Fred Boltz. Despite the two presentations on the sage-grouse these last two days, there are a couple of uh, key facts that have been omitted in the presentations. In late March of this year, a Reno judge suspended new grazing permits over 400 square miles of Nevada and Utah because the federal government deliberately misled the public by underestimating the damage cattle could be doing to land and sagebrush habitat. The USGS study that's been cited today indicated that if current trends continue, there's only a 50% chance The remaining leks will be productive in 60 years' time. Acknowledging that this commission lacks primary influence over wild horses or cattle, sage-grouse hunting quotas are an area the commission can influence. Reducing the sage-grouse killing quotas by endow is a step in the right direction, but why are we intentionally killing any sage-grouse given the negative trends? hunter convenience opportunity and success continues to drive the decisions of this commission unfortunately and that should not be the primary concern or objective you're supposed to be looking after the species best interests so why have a sage grouse hunt at all especially on what are supposed to be wildlife refuges thank you
0: thank you mr Voltz. any other public comment Okay, seeing them, I'll bring it back to the commission for a deliberation, a motion, consideration. Mr. Mm-hmm. Barn, do you? Okay, Commissioner Cavillia.
3: And Sean, just to
4: clarify real quick, the, the wing data though, even though it sounds like the number you're getting, it is still beneficial to the department.
2: Yeah, the they, thank you for the question, Commissioner Cavillia. Uh, yes, absolutely. The, the data is uh, important to us but it's not a, as important as conservation of the species and, and, you know, I think by reading off those hunter kind of strategies and guidelines that we have, uh, we're being, you know, very conservative with, with sage-grouse. Um, we have some research behind us. Um, during that Falcon to Gander transmission line study, a 10-year research effort, we looked at how much of an impact hunters were had on on survival, adult survival. And what they found was basically during that that study that hunters were taking an estimated 2% of the population. So a very minimal amount. So we're well below that 10% uh, fall recommendation.
0: Okay, any other comments? Secretary Wasley?
7: You, you saw my itchy trigger, trigger I did. finger. I I just kind of want to speak to the question that Commissioner Cabela just asked, too, and, and Sean's answer. Uh, that particular study said, you know, hunters were harvesting 2%. But it was the data that came from that harvest of 2%, whether it was compensatory or additive, that gave us the ability to discern things like nest success and chicks per hen that could then be used to provide input to the Bureau of Land Management and the Forest Service. So oftentimes um, that wing data, and I look at it as a return on investment, if the harvest of 50 birds can allow us to provide input into a land use plan that protect potentially affords protection for 1,000 birds, then that's a wise uh, return on that investment. And, Clearly we've gotten to the point where uh, we're not comfortable in making that recommendation based on either season length or or limits in certain areas. We're not willing to take that risk because the population is a level that that we're not comfortable with. But in those areas where uh, we are recommending either no change or the continuation of those seasons, it's due to our belief that the value of the data provided by those wings will afford greater protection to the population as a whole.
0: Thank you, Secretary Wasley. Other questions? Yes, Commissioner Hobbs.
5: Just before we make a motion, um, overall, I, as I stated before, I would be open, open to reducing the numbers anywhere down from nine if anyone was open to that. But overall, the changes to me um, reflect more conservative changes, closing various units, Reducing the hunting days, so I will likely vote in favor of that overall because it impacts more regional areas of the state. But again, would be open to anything less if anyone wanted to propose that. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, Uh, Vice Chair
5: Barnes.
4: Okay, I'm gonna gonna attempt a motion here. Okay, I would move to approve um, that portion of Commission Regulation CR. 20-12, 20-12 Amendment Number One, um, regarding uh, the sage grouse seasons, as proposed by
0: the uh, department. Okay, okay so I have a I have a motion by Vice Chair Barnes. Okay. Oh, I've got a lot, I've got <laughs> multiple seconds over here. <laughs> the whole lineup, pretty much. So I've got a motion by Vice Chair Barnes and a second by Commissioner Keel to approve that portion of CR 20-12 Amendment Number 1 with respect to Sage Browse as presented by the department. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8-0 to zero with Commissioner McInch absent. Okay. We'll move on to turkeys.
2: Yes, thank you, Madam Chair East. Um, so the, the recommendations we're making for wild turkey include the following, uh, altering the junior wild turkey season for the Mason Valley Wildlife Management Area to begin on the first Saturday in April and continue through the second Sunday in May. Uh, I'll explain more on that in a minute here. Okay. Um, Discontinue temporarily the second junior wild turkey season for Hunt Unit 115 in White Pine County and modify the first season to extend through the first Sunday in May. Increase the quota for the spring limited entry hunt for 2022 for Hunt Units 151 and 152 in Lander County from three to five. Increase the quota for Lincoln County limited entry hunt for 2022 from 12 to 15, uh, alter the season dates for the Mason Valley Wildlife Management Area spring limited entry hunt to begin one week later for each available season and reduce quotas available for each hunt unit from five to three, and then discontinue temporarily the second season for the spring limited entry hunt for hunt unit 115 of White Pine County uh, and extend the hunt period for the first season to continue through the first Sunday in May and reduce the quota from eight to four so we've been basically going from two seasons to one season for the longer period and the the reason for uh, the change for Mason Valley is oftentimes what we see at Mason Valley the first season uh, the the first group of hunters will go out Um, a lot of those birds disperse to private lands nearby and You know, they reap the benefits off that on the private lands. So we think by altering that season date uh, by one week later and opening the private lands hunt one week earlier will actually kind of balance that equation out a little bit and give a little bit more opportunity for those second and third season hunters.
0: Okay, (laughs) any questions on wild turkeys for Mr. Espinoza? I have one. The reduction in the quota, is that just we're not seeing the numbers, or?
2: And that's largely related to uh, White Pine County. And uh, for that hunt unit, 115, um, you know, it's been the 2018-2019 winter uh, had some effects on that population and and survival. Uh, So we saw a reduced population after that 2018-2019 winter. And then we moved. Effectively into a pretty significant drought situation over there and um, staff or the uh, Local biologist Cody Mangini just was not observing the birds that we normally do in that hunt unit and we got the same reports from uh, Some of our Spring Creek staff out there as well Uh, So we felt it uh, and we saw a reduction in in harvest success this last year So we felt it prudent to reduce the, the tag quota there.
0: Questions from the Commission? Okay, any cap questions for Mr. Espinoza? Comments? No? Nope. General public? Yes, it's up to us. All right. Uh, I will make a motion to approve that portion of CR 20 12 Amendment Number 1 with respect to the wild turkeys as proposed by the department. Rob, second. Have a second, okay. So I have a motion by the chairwoman and a second by Commissioner Olmberg for CR 20 12 amendment number one with respect to wild turkeys. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Can, can I interrupt oh. one second and ask for one amendment? And that would just be on when the draw results are released for this. If Because it says um, currently that the results will be released on the Friday, the first Friday in March, that leaves us very little time to fulfill the tags and get them out to the sportsmen and women that have successfully drawn. We'd like to be able to say on or before. That gives us the authority to actually do the draw earlier and get those tags out. Okay, so are we on page four? Yes, please. Okay, sorry for the record. Administrator. <laughs> sorry, I and was so focused on getting this motion. Sorry, I sorry to interrupt. I should have caught that before. Okay, so in can you please walk me back through yep. that? Yeah, so the
8: very third um, paragraph, paragraph, the last okay.
0: sentence says the release date will be the first oh. Friday of March. If we okay. can say
8: honor before,
0: honor before that that the gives first me Friday. the authority to get those tags fulfilled and out sooner. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that revision is the second. Yes. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Now we can go with it. All in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0 with Commissioner Ninch absent. Okay. We're going to move into 20B. Uh, We have lunch coming around noon-ish. So I just want to be respectful of our time. Uh, 20B, Commission Regulation 21-07, Amendment Number 1, 2022 Heritage Tag Vendors, Committee Chairman Tom Barnes for possible action. The Commission will review the Wildlife Heritage Committee's recommendations regarding Heritage Tag Vendor proposals for 2022 and may take action on the proposals.
4: Okay. Well. We've we've looked at this a couple times in our committee. Um, We uh, came up with our original recommendation and reviewed it at our last committee meeting. Um, Everybody everybody felt good about what we did. Um, Maybe we did make a couple changes on season dates. Uh, Mentioning those please.
8: Sure. Uh, Management analyst Megan Manfredi for the record. Um, Besides the heritage vendor proposals as um, recommended by the committee, we also made an update to the year of the wild turkey tag. We also added additional clarification to the public around the sheep tags disclaimer, stating that those portions of Hunt Unit 181, 252, 280, 281, and 282 that do not fall within the boundaries of the Fallon Naval Air Station or the Nevada Test and Training Range are still open to the public.
4: questions, I guess, from the commission about our recommendation.
3: Um,
0: this is Chairwoman East for the record. I'm just, at, I had written down a note on the wild turkey dates, but then I looked back and I think those dates are,
3: <clears throat> okay, are corrected.
0: Okay, that was the only question I had. If, does anyone else have questions on the wildlife tag? heritage tag proposals okay seeing none we'll take it out for cab comment cab comment on the wildlife heritage tag proposals no public comment all right we'll bring it back to the
5: commission for a motion to approve A motion. Um, Chairwoman Meese, if there's no other discussion concerning this regulation, I'd move to accept Commission Regulation 21-07A1, the 2022 Heritage Tag Vendors as presented by the department in our committee selection. Okay. We have a
0: motion. to have a second? We have a motion and a second by Commissioner Cubs and Commissioner almberg to approve CR 21 07, Amendment Number 1, 2022, Heritage Tech Vendors. All, approve, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0, with Commissioner McNinch absent. Okay. Agenda Item Number 20C, Commission Regulation 21 13, Amendment Number 1, 21. 21- 2021-22 seasons, bag limits and special regulations for migratory game birds. Management analyst Megan Manfredi for possible action. The commission will, re- will consider amending the Overton Wildlife Management Area Dove Application portion of the commission regulation to allow for application to be submitted electronically and for the draw to be conducted by the department's licensing vendor, Kalkumai, for
8: the 2021 season. Manfredi. Again, for the record, Megan Manfredi, management analyst for the department, would like to direct everyone's attention to page 10 of CR 2113, where all the changes lie. Um, Since the implementation of the department's licensing simplification, it has been a goal of the department to create simple and easy ways for our customers to obtain what they need to legally get out into the field and recreate and enjoy Nevada. One of the ways we have accomplished this is to create an application process that can be submitted fast, accomplished online, and in the comfort of people's own homes. The proposed amendment to CR 2113 would allow for customers wishing to apply for the opening day and weekend of the Dove Hunt held at the Overton WMA to fully apply online at endowlicensing.com. If approved, the change would remove the need for applications to be mailed into to our headquarters office and to allow for the draw to be conducted by our licensing vendor, Calchemy, similar to what they already do with the draws and application periods. So with that, I can take any questions. Okay, thank you, Ms. McCready. Any questions for
0: Megan? No, I don't see any. All right, any cab comment on Overton? Dove season? Public comment okay we'll bring it back to the commission for further discussion
1: or a motion commissioner rogers yeah i just <clears throat> I, I just had a quick question i guess i don't know that much about the contract that we have with Calcomide. is this by adding this piece to their responsibility? Does that amend change the contract it does not costs or
8: um, it does reduce costs so every application We uh, are contracted to become Calcamy $1.12, but the amount of applications this fund has would not make an indent to the department's financially at all. Okay,
0: anyone else? All right, then I will move to approve. CR 2113, Amendment number 1, 2021-22, back Seasons, back Limits, and Special Regulations for Migratory Game Birds, as presented by the department. All in favor say aye. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're rolling. I am rolling. Do I have a second? <I'll> second. Okay. <laughs> All right, I have a motion by the chairwoman and a second by, the, by, by Vice Chair Barnes. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0. With Commissioner McNinch absent. Okay. Uh, Are we ready for agenda item number 21? Do we want to take a lunch break or do we want to keep moving? I think lunch is coming out in just a few minutes. I guess it's not out let's let's keep moving okay agenda item number 21 biennial upland game release plan for fiscal years 2022 and 2023 wildlife staff specialist Sean espinoza for possible action the commission will review and may take action to approve the department's proposed biennial upland game release plan for fiscal years 2022 and 2023 we don't see you all year and then we see you all all day
3: Gotta
2: change that. Yeah, this is crazy. Let's
3: just leave it. All right, Mr. Espinoza.
2: Okay, thank you, Madam Chair East, uh, Sean Espinoza, Upland Game Staff Specialist, for the record. Um, I understand that the uh, small game release plan uh, may not have gotten into everyone's support material. I think
0: we did get
2: it. Okay. So I'm just going to quickly go through, and then I'll answer questions. Uh, the proposals that we have for the next two fiscal years um, for California quail—it's it's a statewide proposal. Um, basically, what we propose here is um, we use the the urban quail that uh, we see around uh, the Reno, Sparks, Carson City area as a source stock. Uh, In some of the years where we get uh, greater amounts of snow loads, uh, we see those quail move down into urban settings and neighborhoods and uh, sometimes we do get quite a few calls that they're depredating quail on some of the shrubbery around the house. And we've actually had some pretty good success augmenting populations in in the more rural areas um, in in northern Washoe, Pershing, Humboldt County, and even some of uh, western Elko County. Uh, Mountain quail, we have one proposed release in in Lincoln County in the Clover Mountains to try and establish a population in in that region of the state. Um, Normally, we would uh, obtain source stock of of mountain quail from Oregon. However, uh, those species are uh, adapted more to our northern climate. So what we'd like to try is uh, perhaps some birds from the pine nuts to use in in Lincoln County or perhaps some birds from... uh, uh, the eastern side of the Sierras in California uh, which when we have available source stock there we can try and utilize those. Uh, for Rio Grande, Turkey in Lyon County uh, we're proposing one release on the Walker River Recreation Area um, uh, south of Yarrington there. Uh, we may be able to use uh, source stock from Paradise Valley that population has grown Uh, quite a bit and has um, moved into some of the uh, residential areas around town so uh, we're proposing it to do an actual capture there this uh, this fall winter period. Uh, We have one release to augment the existing population of Rio Grande turkeys in the Mason Valley Wildlife Management Area Uh, and we may use the the birds from Paradise Valley to do that as well. In Lincoln County, we're maintaining two separate release sites, one in the Delamar Mountains and one in the Wilson Creek Range. Um, Normally, we've used source stock from Utah to perform those releases there, and uh, the population of turkeys is actually doing quite well in Lincoln County, even in the face of uh, some drought-like conditions. For Miriam's turkeys, uh, we're proposing one release from hunt unit, or two hunt unit 114 in White Pine County. we had hoped to do this uh, over the last two fiscal years, but, but COVID had really uh, uh, quashed those efforts. And uh, we're proposing to get those birds from Idaho. In Lyon County, we have one proposal, proposed release into the Pine Nut Mountains. Uh, likely that would take place in FY23. And in Nye County, we we're proposing run release of Miriam's turkeys into the Monger Range Uh, and likely those birds would also come from Idaho. Uh, In Elko County, we're proposing one augmentation to the the release effort that we conducted in the South Ruby Mountains on the XJ Ranch, um, which seems to be successful, but we would like to conduct one more augmentation to that population. Uh, For gray partridge, we're proposing a release in Churchill County in the Desatoya range of Churchill and Lander County. Um, this source stock would probably come from Elko County, uh, if, if populations there are strong enough to be able to take birds from. Uh, rough grouse, we have uh, one proposed release site that is a um, basically an introduction, a reintroduction, and then also an augmentation. The uh, reintroduction would be in Elko County into the uh, Elk Mountain portion of Hunt Unit 072. To establish a population of rough grouse there and expand their distribution in Elko County and then we have one proposed augmentation in the pine forest range into uh, Boyd Basin to augment the existing population in in the pine forest range and then last but not least is a a statewide American beaver um, uh, release for um, suitable waters in uh, for restoration purposes where requested. Um, however, this would not be without you know, further scrutina- scrutinization and uh, coordination with the uh, federal land management agencies or private landowners as well. And I'll take any questions that you might have on the release plan. Okay, do we
0: have any questions for Mr. Espinoza on the release plan? Yes, Commissioner, Commissioner Keel? Thank you Madam Chair. Uh,
6: Mr. Espinoza, do we have
4: any pending requests for Beaver or is this just you know a blanket release plan if we do get requests in the future?
2: Thank you for the question Commissioner Kyle. Um, This is sort of outside my zone of responsibility. I've received or I, I gather that we've received only one request for Beavers and that was in the Salmon Falls Creek drainage in Northern Elko near Jackpot um, there was a landowner that requested them there I believe there was a release conducted there and there was an agreement with the landowner that once those beavers were put there then it was their responsibility to you know, maintain um, any issues that they might have had with them um, beyond that we have not received any
6: requests
5: Commissioner Hobbs um, just quick, uh, a quick general question and it doesn't have to be completely specialized to the species because we have I believe wild turkey, the mountain fell and partridge that are being introduced. How does the department go about making their decisions for introduction?
2: Thank you for the question Commissioner Hubbs. Uh, it's largely based on habitat suitability um, and, it, and it needs to match some of the habitat requirements of these species. Um, gray partridge, for example, uh, there hasn't been much in terms of releases in the past that were conducted. Gray partridge either moved in from Idaho or southeastern Oregon and expanded their range, um, but the only record that we have in our database was from some work done in the, in the early 1920s on gray partridge um, and establishment. As we transition more to a grassland, particularly a perennial grassland, gray partridge seem to do pretty well, especially in uh, Elko County, uh, where you have higher elevation fires. Um, we see a response of gray partridge, particularly around the Wells area, uh, the Tuscarora area, that's been pretty heavily impacted by fire. But where we get native perennial grasses back in the system, uh, we see a, a, a compelling response from gray partridge. Uh, we've seen some of that response a little bit in the Desitoya Mountains from some of the fires that have taken place there, and we've got a, a fairly good perennial grass response in those areas, so we think that they'll do well there. Um, rough grouse are a species that um, is not doing well in some portions of their range, particularly the northeastern portion of the United States. Um, as we see a lot of those, uh, those forests sort of convert in the northeastern portion of the United States from a, a younger age class forest to an older age class forest that doesn't really meet the needs of, of rough grouse. Um, but here in Nevada where we have aspen stands that are in, in pretty good shape, uh, pretty good habitat quality and, and maintain a good understory. Um, that is one of the main criteria and we've seen some pretty good success with the rough grass over the years here in Nevada.
0: Okay, any other questions? Alright, do we have any cab comment? Public comment? Okay, I'll bring it back to the Commission for a motion or further discussion.
3: Commissioner you. I
4: guess I'll, I'll make a motion um, to, approve, to approve the biennial upland game, upland
3: game Release Plan for fiscal years 2022 and 2023 as presented by the department. Okay, you have a second? No. I
0: have a second, by Commissioner Huff. So we have a motion by Commissioner Cavilia and a second by Commissioner Huff to approve the biennial Upland game release plan for fiscal years 2022 and 2023 is presented. All in favor say aye. 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 No. Motion carries eight to zero with Commissioner McNinch absent. Um, agenda item number 22, future commission meetings and commission committee assignments, Secretary Wasley and Chairwoman East for possible action. The next commission meeting is scheduled for August 13 and 14, 2021 in Tonopah. The commission will review and discuss potential agenda items for that meeting. The commission may change the date, time, and meeting location at this time. The chairwoman may designate and adjust committee assignments and add or dissolve committees as necessary at this time. Any anticipated committee meetings that may occur prior to the next commission meeting may be discussed. I have a couple of things, um, but should we first uh, vote on the date change, Secretary Wosley?
7: Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. That would probably be uh, wise to, to separate that and tackle that. So I, I know I mentioned the, uh, in, the Mar- or in the May Commission meeting that uh, in trying to uh, determine room availability and venue availability. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Tonopah, for the originally scheduled dates of August 13 and 14, we learned that there were multiple conflicting and competing events that made um, securing a venue as well as lodging uh, difficult if not impossible and suggested that maybe the Commission look at changing that um, and and certainly from the department perspective the weekend prior uh, August 6th and 7th uh, would work and I'll, I'll pause there and, and let the commission determine um, your course of action on that and then we can compare lists of potential agenda items, Madam Chair.
0: Okay, thank you. Any uh, questions, comments, concerns? Moving the date for the August meeting to the 6th and 7th of oh, August. No?
5: Okay. No, I just probably awesome. won't vote on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can vote. <laughs> well, we'll miss you. <laughs> Any cab comment, public comment? Okay, I'll bring it back to the commission. Um, I would move to approve a change in meeting schedule for the August meeting from the 13th and 14th, 2021 to the 6th and 7th in Tonopah. Do I have a second? Okay, I have a a motion by myself and a second by Vice Chair Barnes. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0 with Commissioner McNinch absent. Okay, um, I wanted to update everyone on the. Do you have the okay, okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to update everyone on the. Um, I, I'm not sure how many of you are aware of the intern program, <clears throat> but um, the Lathrop and Capurro commi- uh Lathrop, uh, Jim Lathrop was a. a big hunter and in, the, in the area, in the state, and the Capuro Record Book have come together for many years. I, I think there's several, um, several even staff members that were a part of this program back in the day. Um, anyway, they have an internship program and they pay for seasonal interns to help out in areas um, where there may be some need in the state. I sat in on this year's um, selection and high school seniors and even some students in college already applied for these seasonal programs. Um, anyways, we decided at the committee meeting uh, in April that it really does, the name of it doesn't reflect the um, the selection of these individuals. So. Um, I'd like to change the name and have it reflected on the website to be a little bit more accurate. So, from the Wildlife Scholarship Recipient Selection Committee to the Lathrop and Caparo Internship Selection Committee, and that way we give the benefit to the to the sponsors as well as to that what we're actually doing. So, um, I'd like to do that, and we are also we also voted to um, add a another member to the committee, um, someone who's been a past recipient, because I think that it gives um, it gives a different perspective to the committee to have a former intern on the committee um, to help select that next person. We all tend to vote similarly um, when we're looking at these, at these students. Um, and so um, we've asked, I've asked Jeremy Drew to be the first a former intern to sit in on this committee. So I wanted to update everyone on that. Um, I don't think that requires a vote. So um, uh, Secretary Wazley, did you have anything else to add under this agenda item?
7: Uh, Madam Chair, would you like me to uh, read through my list of potential agenda items for the August meeting? or yeah. OK please so the standing items of business that, is, that are typically addressed by the Commission of the August meeting include um, the election of a chair and vice chair uh, the cab workshop um, and oftentimes we uh, solicit items from the cabs that they're interested in, in hearing about um, be hopeful that we would Have uh, maybe better uh, cab attendance and participation than uh, today Uh, but we can certainly put that call out uh, under under your um, signature madam chair uh, for items or if there are items um, that you think would be appropriate for that um, we can put that on the agenda we'll also have a uh, a Wafwa report out um, from any attending commissioners the Wafwa Conference will again be virtual uh, this year, so I would encourage any any commissioners interested in, in participating in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we can certainly share registration materials with you, and I believe there are some some more um, costly alternatives than the entire event. Where if there's just one or two days that you can be available, uh, I think there's some cheaper alternatives there. Um, public work contracts, public works contracts. We, we typically review those at the August Commission meeting. There's a potential for a couple committees. Uh, the TAG uh, allocation application hunt committee um, could possibly meet the Thursday prior as well as the APRP, Administrative Procedures uh, Regulation and Policy Committee. Um, we still need to um, I guess work with LCB to determine the status of the shed antler regular landowner damage compensation regulations because we're quickly approaching uh, that two-year window. Um, I spoke with legislative liaison Kaylee, I'm going to say Taylor because I, I need to verify practicing her new last name before I do it in public. Um, if, in like fact, that two-year window is inclusive of approval by the ledge commission, um, I'm not sure that we will make it in time we would have to get those back um, And have them posted and addressed perhaps deal with those um, In September Vegas, but we still we still haven't received those so we need to get them back And we need to see where they fit in that in that two-year time frame and everything that's included in that So we'll okay. keep that as a possibility. Uh, we will have a report from Cal-K-Mai, um on the most recent tag application process as well as a demonstration of the new first-come, 1st serve, so um, that that should be interesting. Um, I'm also assuming that we will keep the wildlife contest agenda item as uh, the department uh, has committed to compiling all the identified issues uh, yesterday and bring that forward in in some way, shape, or form to facilitate um, continued discussion. There's also been some requests to have a presentation from the department, on urban wildlife, living with the living with wildlife program. Um, if it's if it's the commission's desire, we could uh, look at September um, in Las, for the Las Vegas meeting. Um, maybe Commissioner Hubbs would like to join us, or it, that would be uh, conducted virtually, or there'd be some online viewing opportunity there. I think it may. The reason I say that is I think you may have been the one that brought that up. Um, about just the urban wildlife program, maybe um, it was also. I think you also brought up the idea of a wildlife disease update um, that was echoed by some of your fellow commissioners. That is something that uh, we could present in in Tonopah. I know we have some emerging issues. Um, so, we could maybe bring our veterinarian in, who I don't believe has been before this commission, uh, Nate Lahue, and talk a little bit about uh, everything from rabbit hemorrhagic disease to chronic wasting disease, and then some of the concerns relative to translocations. Um, it was just a, a paper released earlier this week, the Wildlife Society, talking about the risk of pathogen, uh, you know, moving pathogens around the landscape with translocations. So, that might be. Uh, something that we could add to the agenda um, if, if you desire. We would like to have a website a revision update. Uh, our Conservation Education Division Administrator uh, Chris Vasey um, would like to, to reveal what we've been working on, give you the opportunity to review that in advance of what we uh, are hopeful will be a, will be a launch date in uh, September and that isn't just a uh, retooling of an existing website that's a uh, knock it down start over uh, different property kind of rebuild so uh, we're pretty excited about that and would like to share that with you before that goes live and then the last thing I, I had on my list uh, I think was brought forward by the Clark uh, County Advisory Board it was an update on some of the Raven uh, research so that, that could be a combination item that could be addressed both uh, by staff specialists uh, Pat Jackson as well as Sean Espinoza because of um, ongoing efforts, coordination with USGS, the impacts and effects uh, relative to, to sage grouse. So that completes the list of items and potential items that, that I have, Madam Chair.
0: Okay, thank you. And the only other thing that oh, I had too, um, will, will we have some sort of idea of the mule deer enhancement proposals at that point? I know they'll just have come. <coughs> And so if we have any update there, that would be great from either the committee perspective or staff. Um, and you mentioned Rawa, the second phase of the Rawa. Um, I don't know if, that, if we have time for it, but I think let's keep it on our list. If we don't do it in August, let's do it in September or as soon as we can. Those were the things that I had. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, moving on to agenda item number 23 public comment period. Public comment will be limited to three minutes. No action can be taken by the commission at this time. Any item requiring commission action may be scheduled, scheduled on a future commission agenda. Do I have any public comment?
6: Again, for the record, Fred Volz. Uh, Public agency public access Uh, this commission has had a horrific track record of being available for public input and public attendance some history because none of the existing commissioners here today know this but several years ago the department received approval to spend $77,000 to buy video conferencing equipment well when they went to implement it it turned out that it was gonna be $255,000. So nothing happened. So several years forward, here we are with Zoom capabilities, call-in capabilities, but we still haven't implemented this for each one of these commissions. And here we are going potentially to Tonopah with again, no access. You look at who's in the public today and you take away the staff and you take away the cab members and there's basically just a handful of people here. If you want public support, public funding for the things that you're doing, you need to make better effort in making this commission meeting accessible to people so that they don't have to dig into their own pockets to travel and spend the time to do that so that they can participate. And we have seen no permanent movement by the department to make that happen. And there is not a cost hurdle at this point because The Zoom meetings are not that expensive to conduct. Somebody submitting written comment in advance of the meeting cannot comment on what you're discussing, any action items or informational items, because they haven't heard them in advance. So I would really, really encourage you, if you're a public agency trying to serve the public, to make sure that you are available to all the public. Doesn't matter what their opinions are about things, They need to have the easy ability to access these meetings. And most other state agencies have already done this. I don't understand why it is so difficult for this department, as a support for this commission, to implement this on a consistent basis and not hold meetings where there is no technological capability, like the Walker River Recreational Area, Dyer, Pioche, Eureka. There's been a long history of this. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Volz. Any other public comment? Secretary Wasley?
7: Uh, Thank you, Madam Chair. I was remiss in uh, mentioning earlier uh, about the Commission's efforts over the past couple days and uh, just kind of an informal total of project funding that that you all approved over the last couple days is in excess of... 1.65 1.65 million, and when we look at the leveraging capability through Pippin Robertson, Nigel Johnson, uh, we're talking about greater than, than seven million dollars combined with some of our uh, NGO partner expenditures. So, um, you know, again, compliments to you all and and the staff and partners uh, who put those projects together. Um, it, it just be overstated the importance of those projects on the landscape and to spend two days in approving what amounts to in excess of seven million dollars of, of conservation and, and to commissioner vice chair barnes he's a on on the ground kind of guy those are a lot of on the ground projects so thank you all for your efforts and uh, approving those projects
0: you thank you everyone for coming out thanks again to the Rackleys and the Martin for hospitality last night, and I look forward to seeing all of you in Tampa in August, and we are adjourned.